Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Peace and blessings, YouTube. I want to welcome you again to another edition of the Bible Show Truth Hour here on the POET Network. I am your teacher of the... Truth Hour Bible class, Brother Black Ice, I want to say peace and blessings to our team, Truth Hour family who's in the building. And matter of fact, before we start, every member of Team Truth Hour, I just want you to type in the comment section, Team Truth Hour, so that everyone would know who you are and that everyone would know that Black Ice, Brother Black Ice is not doing this alone. I have the support of my family, support of our team, and it is a blessing to have the support of these wonderful brothers and sisters who stand with me and stay with me. Sister Key Israel, I need those what we believe so I can go ahead and start our show. And again, welcome YouTube family. The lesson tonight is Resist the devil or fight against God. We're going to start off with what we believe. The Truth Hour Bible Class is an online social media Bible-based ministry. We teach the uncut Word of God as it is written in the Bible, line upon line, precept upon precept, as it is written in Isaiah 28 and 10. Our mission is to lead as many souls to Jesus the Christ so that through the word of God and the keeping of the commandments, they may receive everlasting life. Our motto is, if you cannot read it, then don't believe it. What we believe, number one, we believe in the name of Jesus. We have no dispute of the other variations of the name such as the Hebrew version, the Latin version, or any other version that you would like to use, that is totally up to you. But we here on the Bible Show Truth Hour use the English version, which is Jesus, because our listeners speak English. Number two, we believe that Jesus alone is our Lord and Savior. Number three, we believe in the Sabbath day, which is from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. So that brothers and sisters, would be our church day or the day that we have our holy gathering or the, as the Bible uses, the term holy convocation, right? Number four, we believe in the seven feast days of the Lord as listed in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. So if you want to know the days that we're supposed to be celebrating, then read that chapter. These are days that are commanded of us to celebrate. And just to mention a few, you know, like um, Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, um, the Day of Pentecost, um, the, the Memorial of the Blowing of Trumpets, the um, Day of Atonement, and I'm just throwing different days, not in any particular chronological order, but these are the days that we're supposed to be celebrating, coming together and having a church day on. So we believe in the seven feast days of the Lord. Number five, we believe that we the so-called African-American mm -hmm. and the descendants of the transatlantic slave trade are indeed the Israelites that the Bible wrote and spoke about. 
and that all the statutes, the laws, and commandments apply to us. Also, those who profess to be followers of Jesus, those statutes, laws, and commandments also apply to you also. Number seven, we believe that we must keep the Lord's dietary law according to Leviticus, the 11th chapter. So we don't eat pork, we don't eat catfish, we don't eat shrimp or lobster or any of those things that are a violation to the dietary law that God gave us in Leviticus, the 11th chapter. Number eight, we believe that both the scriptures, Old Testament, and the testimony, the New Testament, must be used when teaching the word of God. You can't be a New Testament Christian or an Old Testament scholar. You must be both. Number nine, we don't believe in Sunday Sabbath service. God never gave us that. That's the first day of the week. The Romans gave us that. We don't believe in the Trinity doctrine. There is no such thing as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit. Look in the Bible for me and find me one place where it says God the Holy Ghost or God the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say it. It does say that there are three that bear record in heaven, and those three are one. But there are only two in the Godhead. That's God the Father and God the Son. We don't believe in the cross or any images that pertain to religion. The Lord told us to worship him in spirit and in truth. We don't believe in any holidays, brothers and sisters, that begin in the worship of other gods, such as Christmas, Easter, New Year's, and any other religious holiday that begin with the origin, brothers and sisters, of other gods. We don't believe those things. Number 10, we believe that salvation through Jesus Christ is for every human being. It don't matter what nationality, what creed you are, or any of those things. What matters is keeping the statutes, laws, and commandments so that we may qualify to receive that salvation, brothers and sisters. We believe that because it says it in Revelation, the 7th chapter, verse 9, that I saw a number that no man could count of all nationalities, tongues, and kindreds, and nations, and they came to worship the Lamb, brothers and sisters. So now... Let's go ahead and get into tonight's lesson. Tonight's lesson is resist the devil or fight against God. Again, resist the devil or fight against God. Brothers and sisters, don't you know that before any of us do anything that is wrong, we got to fight that thing in us that's telling us not to do it? I'm going to say that again, brothers and sisters. Every human being in our nature has the ability to know right from wrong. Even when a child is doing something wrong, they get real quiet. Or they go in a corner where nobody else can see them. Because in their innate ability, they know the difference between right and wrong. We also possess the power of knowing good and evil. There are some cases of mental illness or mind-altering drugs 
where a person loses the ability to discern the difference between right and wrong. But in this lesson tonight, we will deal with the process that one must go through to fight against God. I'm going to say that again. That one must go through to fight against God. Turn your Bibles to the book of John, the fifth chapter. The book of John, the fifth chapter. And for those who are just tuning in, I want to welcome you, brothers and sisters, to another edition of the Bible Show Truth Hour. Please share tonight's lesson. Somebody in your network is going to need to hear what is being taught tonight. Again, somebody in your network is going to need to hear what's being taught tonight. Also, write down these scriptures because this may be what you need at some point to resist the devil. This particular lesson. And you ain't got to remember what Black Ice read if you write down these scriptures. Let's be very clear at the top of the lesson. No one can hear the voice of God. Jesus told you that. No man has ever heard my father's voice at any time. When someone says, God told me to tell you something, that particular phrase is spoken in ignorance from an, from an uninformed individual. The best we can get is inspiration from God. But when we become concerned about what man thinks about us rather than what God thinks about us, that's when we begin to fight against God, brothers and sisters. Let's go to John 5th chapter, verses 32 through 37. John 5, 32 through 37, and it reads, There is another that bears witness of me, and I know that the witness which he witnessed of me is true. You sent unto John, and he bear witness unto the truth. But I receive not testimony from man. But these things I say that you might be saved. He was burning and shining he was a burning and shining light. And you were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. But I have a greater witness than that of John. For the works which the Father have given me to finish, the same works that I do. Bear witness of me. That the Father have sent me, and the Father himself which has sent me has borne witness of me. You have never heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. So I want to be clear at the top of this lesson. You ain't hearing God's voice. God ain't telling you to tell me nothing. But what's happening is if you get in this word and read this word, then God is telling you through this word. But if you ain't reading this word, then God ain't telling you nothing. God speaks to you through the word. God talks to you through the word. He's telling you things through the word. So you can't say God told me to tell you and there's no word involved in it. Come on, brothers and sisters. We got to do this thing in decency and in order. In decency and in order. When someone is led by their flesh, they are very emotional. They get upset very quickly. They become disappointed easily. They become bitter and oftentimes saying and doing things that they don't really mean. 
because they're doing it out of that hurt and they're doing it out of that pain. The truth is God has people in your life, in place to test you. I'm going to say that again. God has people placed in your life to test you. No one can do anything to you without God's permission. You look on the news, you see all of this violence, you see all of these things happen. They can't be done without God's permission. But what happened is when we experience those things, then we no longer resist the devil. And we give in to that anger. The devil is coming through us, to us through that anger. We become hurt. The devil comes to us through that hurt. So you ever heard that old saying that hurt people hurt people? Yeah, I'm hurt. And now I want to say something to hurt you back. We've all been guilty of it, brothers and sisters. We've all been guilty of it. But this is to just bring awareness and remind you that there is no excuse to exchange evil for evil, to exchange malice for malice. You can't say, well, I did this because this person did. I did this because I'm angry. Don't you know that you're not going to be judged based off of what that person did to you that you said made you do what you did, you're going to be based off of your own action. We're going to be based off our own actions, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the book of Galatians, the fifth chapter. The book of Galatians, the fifth chapter. Resist the devil or fight against God. That's our lesson for today. Now, Giving in to the flesh leads directly to sin. Again, giving in to the flesh leads directly to sin. Galatians, the fifth chapter, verses 16 through 18, and it reads, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, for the flesh lusts against the Spirit. Uh Uh-oh. You're going to fight against God, or you're going to resist the devil. If you ain't resisting the devil, you're fighting against God. I'm going to read that again. Galatians 5 and 17. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would like to do. But if you be led by the spirit, then you are not under the law. Don't say that you don't have to obey the law because, see, if you don't obey the law, then the weight of the law comes on top of you. That's how you become under the law, by breaking it. So now the penalty of the law has to come in place because you have broken it. But if you don't break it and you obey it and abide by the law, then you're not under it. I never once said that there is no more law. Sin is the transgression of the law, according to the word of God, brothers and sisters. So the spirit and the flesh are contrary. They fight against one another all day. Have you ever had the urge to do something 
that was mean spirited. And then you say, you know what, I ain't, I ain't, you know what, you know how we say that term, you know what, I ain't gonna even go there. You resisted the devil. And then some of us said, you know what, forget it. I'm just tired of them. Now you're fighting against God. I want to put it plain and simple to you so that you would know directly what we're up against. And sometimes no one puts it in as simple of terms as this, so we miss it and we don't get it. This ain't got nothing to do with religion. But this got everything to do with the word of God and your spiritual man inside of you. Right? Let's go to the book of 1 John. Let's go to the book of 1 John, the third chapter. The book of 1 John, the third chapter. Our lesson today is resist the devil or fight against God. 1 John, the third chapter. What does the Bible mean by walking in the spirit and not being under the law? Again, brothers and sisters, the law don't come into effect until it is broken. Remember, where there is no sin, there is no law. And where there is no law, you can't hold me accountable because there is no sin. 1 John 3 and 4. Let's read what the Bible's definition of sin is. Whosoever committeth sin transgresses also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. So for those who say there is no more law no more, then why do they still say it's still sin? You can't have one without the other. Where there is no more law, I can sleep with your wife. I can break into your house and steal your goods. I can kill a man and not be held accountable for it because it ain't no more law. But if sin is the transgression or the breaking of the law, then if sin still exists, then guess what else still exists? Law still exists, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the book of 1 Peter, the second chapter. The book of 1 Peter, the second chapter. Brothers and sisters, this right here is a wake-up call. To each and every one of us, and that's including myself, because we're living in a day and a time that we have never seen before in our lives. We're seeing things on the television that we have never seen before with our eyes. God has opened this thing wide up so that everybody can see the filth of this world. And if everybody sees the filth of this world, then you can understand that because Satan is the ruler of this world, it's the reason why it's in the condition that it is in. But we can't take the blame off of ourselves either because we had a chance to make things right. When we fell under Adam and Eve, God said, I'm going to give you another chance. I'm going to start over with Noah. Then after Noah, we dropped the ball again. He said, I'm going to give you another chance again. He took a nation out of a nation, the children of Israel. 
As soon as Moses went up in the mouth for 40 days and 40 nights, we went back to that old Egypt type of thinking and turned against God. God said, you know what? I've given you chance after chance after chance. Again, you know what? I'm going to see how you deal with this curse. I'm going to see how you deal with this. And so all the hell that we've been going through, brothers and sisters, is due to our own negligence. Due to our own turning against God, God placed our people under a curse. And the only way that you can get from under the curse is come under the blood of Jesus. But that's you individually. It has nothing to do with our nation of people. So this is why you see our communities suffering the way it is suffering because of the curse. Another lesson for another time, but listen, follow. We got to go to 1 Peter, the second chapter. It is the Spirit of God that convicts you before you sin. It is that inner voice that tells you not to do what you are about to do. It is that voice, that, that spirit that you must war against before you do anything wrong. So if you don't resist the devil... You fighting against God. Let's go to 1 Peter, the second chapter, verses 11 and 12, and it reads, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may be your good works which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. So you ever seen people who speak evil against you for no reason at all? They don't like the way you look because you dress nice. They don't like the fact that you don't sit around and complain all day about what's going wrong in your life. Why are you smiling? What, What you got to smile about every day? Oh, you all happy and chipper this morning. They will hate you for no reason. They will smile in your face and talk about you behind your back. But the book says, let them be your good works. How can people who are talking about us be our good works? They can be your good works, brothers and sisters, because you won't have to respond to those type of people. You can still show those people love from a distance. Don't let them get close to you, but don't treat them like they treat you because this is what people who are watching are expecting. But once you show them the God is in you, then the people who are watching this, they begin to get edified. See, it ain't about what you are called. It's about what you answer to. I ain't got to turn my head around every time somebody calls me a name or says something bad about me. I ain't got to answer that. And I ain't no punk because I don't answer that. A man, which includes woman, is defined by what he or she does. You're defined by your walk. You're defined by your character. You're defined by how you carry yourself. 
Example, if your car was broke down and I came out, somebody said, I got a friend who can come out there and get your car running. I lifted up your hood. I did something. You started up your car. I would be a commandment. I mean, I would be a um, mechanic because I fixed your car. I would be called based on the job that I did. If your lights was out and I went into your basement and I did something and all your lights came on, then you would call me an electrician. You are defined by what you do, not by what somebody calls you. That ain't nothing but ego and pride that makes you get upset and angry and bitter and want to respond to what people say to you because you have allowed your ego to be bruised. So now you're going to give in to the devil, which means that you got to fight against God, and now you got to exude a devilistic type of character and get down in the dirt with the person that was in the dirt trying to draw you down. You just gave in. Now they winning, brothers and sisters, because you are allowing them to win. Let's go ahead with our lesson. Let's go to the book of Romans, the sixth chapter. Romans, the sixth chapter, you're either going to serve God or Satan. When, you, when your master is Satan, again, you are walking in your emotions and in your flesh. No matter how many times you say God out of your mouth and Jesus out of your mouth, it ain't about what you say. You're just giving lip service. It's about what you do. It's about what you allow people make you do. You are in control of your emotions when you walk in the spirit. The elders used to say to us, keep your cool. You can control who you are serving if you control your emotions. I'm going to say that again. You can control who you are serving if you can control your emotions. Romans, the sixth chapter Verses 16 through 23. Romans 6, 16 through 23, and it reads, Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. And that's talking about once you are dead and resurrected, you either go into the kingdom of God or burn forever in the lake of fire. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but now you have obeyed from the heart that, from of that, that form of doctrine which was delivered you, which is the word of God. Then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. But as you have yielded your members... Your hands, your, your mouth, and anything else on your body. For you have yielded your members, servants to uncleanliness, and to iniquity unto iniquity. Even so now, yield your members, servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. See, when you did not resist the devil, you were fighting against God. 
What fruit have you then in the house? I'm sorry, what fruit have you then in those things whereof you are now ashamed? Isn't it something how when we commit sin or when we do things that we're not proud of, we become ashamed. We don't want to talk about those things. But we'll talk about you being gay. We'll talk about you being lesbian. We'll talk about you being homosexual. We'll talk about you eating pork. We'll talk about you going to church on Sunday. But we don't want to talk about the little bones and skeletons in our own closet. We don't want to talk about our past. We don't talk about we don't want to talk about the things that we were doing before we got into the truth. See, we want to act like we fell down from heaven and we didn't come up out of hell like everybody else. That's the way we want to act. So you ain't got no right to judge nobody. You ain't got no heaven or no hell to put nobody in. So don't you be no judge and no jury over no, nobody. Didn't the Lord say, don't judge lest you be judged? Jesus himself didn't even come to judge. It is the word, brothers and sisters, that you are going to be judged by. So help your brother and your sister who's struggling. That's what they need because somebody was there for you one day when you were struggling and they didn't give up on you. So how do you look giving up on your brother, your sister, hypocrite? We are living in a time of hypocrites. Yeah, you keep the Sabbath day, but you're a hypocrite. Yeah, you don't eat pork or catfish or lobster, but you're a hypocrite. Yeah, you ain't gay or lesbian, but you're a hypocrite. So let's not judge, brothers and sisters. This is why you don't see us doing this on the Bible Show Truth Hour, because we got enough going on in our own world. We got enough going on in our own life that if we just worried about straightening up our own dirt and our own mess, we ain't got to worry about what nobody else is doing. Share the word with them in love, 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 in kindness, and in peace. And if they're not ready to accept it today, then at least you can wipe the blood off of your hands because you have done your part. You might not be the one to convert the person to the truth. Just drop the seed of curiosity. And once you've done your job, let them go to the next person. This is an assembly line, brothers and sisters. We are all in the body of Christ. Let somebody else trust God, that he's going to send somebody else to do what you couldn't do for that person. I'm sorry, y'all. Let's get back to the lesson. Verse 20. We're at Romans, the sixth chapter, verse 20. For when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had you then in those things whereof you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, being made free from sin and become servants of God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. 
Savior. You're either going to resist the devil or you're going to fight against God. We're going to stay in the book of Romans. Turn to chapter 8. We was at verse 6. Turn to chapter 8, brothers and sisters. We were at chapter 6. Turn to chapter 8. The whole purpose of this life is to prepare you for the life that is to come. This life is an audition to see if you qualify for eternal life. It's all about having the right mindset. It is time to get your mind right. Romans, the 8th chapter, verses 4 through 11, and it reads, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. That's why you're so concerned about what everybody else is doing. That's why you're so concerned about everybody else's business. That's why you have so much to talk about when you're talking about everybody else, because you're minding the things of the flesh. But they that are of the spirit mind the things that are of the spirit. We should be focused on everlasting life and how to get everlasting life. We should be sharing the word of God with our brother and our sister, uplifting them, edifying them, so that they can glorify God. Six, for to be carnally minded means to think with this earthly mind like we do every day. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You ever seen somebody that ain't never got no peace? They walking around, they always frustrated, they always disappointed, they always talking about what they ain't got and what somebody ain't doing and what they don't have no peace. They're minding the things of the flesh instead of the things of the spirit. Verse 7, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Your carnal mind fights against God because it don't resist the devil. That's what this whole lesson is about, resisting the devil or fighting against God. You're either going to do one or the other. Romans 8 and 7 again, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So quit talking about, oh, I'm a child of God. And then you cursing people out. I'm a child of God. But you posting negative things about people on your Facebook page. I'm a child of God. But it ain't reflected in your attitude or in the way you carry yourself. The Bible says you ain't none of his. Because when you don't resist the devil, then you become a child of the devil. And when you become a child of the devil, you fight against God. Verse 10, and if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. So that's our goal, and that's what we're looking for. We're looking for everlasting life. We're looking for that body that God wants to give us that cannot die. 
don't need water, don't need food, don't need sleep, don't need rest. That's what we're looking for, brothers and sisters. Let's go ahead and keep this thing going. We are in the book of, let me see, where are we at now? In the book of Proverbs, we're going in the book of Proverbs, the 28th chapter, the book of Proverbs, the 28th chapter. Um, the domino effect of evil and unrighteousness is powerful. Sometimes we could fight against God defending ourselves. Have you ever seen someone respond to someone else that I'm defending myself. I ain't going to let nobody talk about me. The next thing you know, someone you have love for is putting something in response to you defending yourself that you cause your cousin, your family member, your friend, your, your support base to say, who I need to go see. They ain't nothing. I got your back. That's a domino effect. We got to watch what we put in the air because you never know who got love for you that's willing to step up and get into something that they don't have to be in. So we got to be careful of that ego. We got to be careful of that pride, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Proverbs, the 28th chapter. We're going to start at verse 10. Proverbs, the 28th chapter. And we're going to start at verse 10. And we're going to go down, okay? Proverbs 28 and 10, and it reads, Whosoever causes the righteous to go astray in an evil way, he shall fall himself into his own pit. Sometimes you can get good people to buy into whatever your argument is, and they ain't got nothing to do with it. They don't even know what the issue, you might be the cause of the problem. But because they got love for you, they're going to jump on your side anyway. Say, whosoever causes the righteous to go astray in an evil way, he shall fall himself into his own pit. But the upright shall have good things in possession. Verse 13 and 14. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. But whosoever confesseth and forsake them shall have mercy. Happy is the man that feareth always. But he that hardeneth his heart shall fall into mischief. We walking around with secrets, brothers and sisters. We don't want to talk about the life that we used to live, the life that we used to have, or the life that we have. Confess it, brothers and sisters, to your God. And then start walking on the path where you can have that same mind in you that was in Christ Jesus. Turn that, dial that back to Proverbs, the 21st chapter. Stay in the book of Proverbs. Let's go to the 21st chapter. It is easy to curse someone out, but it's much more difficult to not say a word and let your actions speak for your character. Proverbs, the 21st chapter, and we're going to read one verse, 23. Proverbs 21 and 23, whosoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps his soul from trouble. And I'm going to read it like we say it in a hood. Whoever keeps his mouth shut 
keeps his soul from troubles. You talk too much. Know when to stop talking. Know when to shut up. You ain't got to respond to everything. You don't need an opinion on everything. Sometimes you just got to let God work it out. Stop trying to do God's job for him. Whosoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps his soul from trouble. We're going to stay in the book of Proverbs. Let's go to Proverbs, the 18th chapter. I love the book of Proverbs. It is filled with so much wisdom. Proverbs, the 18th chapter. Sometimes it's better to be quiet. No one can tell how much a fool you are if you keep your mouth shut. Be cool. Smile. Let people think that you got some good sense. Don't prove them wrong, brothers and sisters. If you ain't got nothing good to say, sometimes it's better not to say anything at all. Proverbs, the 18th chapter, verse 7. A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are a snare of his soul. God is telling us, brothers and sisters, you ain't got to open this all the time. Control that lower jawbone. Control that lower jawbone. Let's go to the book of Philippians, the fourth chapter. The book of Philippians, the fourth chapter. Resist the devil or fight against God. Philippians, the fourth chapter. Now, I know it's hard not to defend our own honor, brothers and sisters. However, you can't control what nobody going to say out of their mouth. You can't even control what they're going to do. You can't control that. The only thing that you can control is yourself. However, there is a way to get the strength to stay strong. And that's what we're looking for. How can I control myself? How can I master this? And this and these. How can I master it? Let's go to Philippians, the fourth chapter, verse 13. And it reads, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I can do all things. And what are some of the things that Christ tells us, brothers and sisters? He tells us, he says, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If your enemy is thirsty, give him something to drink. You ain't got to treat people like they treat you at all. You ain't got to respond to every little thing that you hear because you become a part of the problem instead of the solution. Let's go to the book of Romans, the 12th chapter. The book of Romans, the 12th chapter. And brothers and sisters, what I'm giving you tonight are things that will help us conduct ourselves. Because again, Christ is looking at our walk. And so some people say, well, Black Ice, you could talk about this and you could talk about that and you could do more lessons on this and more lessons on that. We got to get ourselves together, brothers and sisters. This whole thing is about getting ourselves together so that we can Gain salvation and everlasting life. Living in this world, it's normal to go off on people. 
that cut you off in traffic or say whatever comes to your mind. Nothing is off limits in this world. I have seen people talk about their parents. I've seen people talk about their children, their husband, their wife, their significant other. I've seen them do it in front of everybody on social media, in the public. Don't you know how much damage you can cause just by losing control? Then you got to come back and apologize. But the damage is already done. You think somebody going to forget what you said about them in front of everybody else and you've embarrassed them? That is a hurt and a pain that's going to be deep-rooted and is going to stay with them for a very long time. And just saying, I'm sorry, ain't enough, brothers and sisters. So to avoid that damage that we cause when we lose control, the best thing to do is try to stay in control. Don't allow this world to make you into an image of itself. Be more concerned about being the image of God. Romans, the 12th chapter, verses 1 and 2. I beseech thee, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's easy to conform with the way everybody else doing it, why everybody else get to do it and I don't get to do it? When it gets to me, you always got something to say when, when I'm acting like everybody else. Well, brothers and sisters, that's the thing. You ain't supposed to be acting like everybody else. You're supposed to be sanctified. You're supposed to be set apart. So don't worry about what everybody else is doing because believe me, if everybody else going to the lake of fire, you don't want to go there with them, do you? No, brothers and sisters. So if you don't want to go to the lake of fire with them, be more concentrated on the way that God wants you to act, the way God wants you to live, the way he wants your character to be, the way he wants people to see himself inside of you. Let's go ahead and move forward, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the book of Proverbs, the 23rd chapter. This war that we are dealing with today is right over our minds. It's dealing with our minds. How do you fight against God? You fight against God by your thoughts. What are the thoughts of your heart? That's what we need to know. What are the thoughts of your heart? And when we say heart, we're talking about mind, brothers and sisters. What are the thoughts of the mind? That's very important. How did you arrive at that thought? What good thoughts did you have to suppress to arrive at the thought of revenge? The thought of attack. Because you have to get through this thought, that thought, that thought, that thought, until you get to those thoughts. So every 
obstacle God put up against you, don't do that. Fighting against God. Don't say that. Fighting against God. They don't know what they're doing. I don't care. Fighting against God. Resist the devil or fight against God. Proverbs, the 23rd chapter. And we're going to read one verse. Proverbs 23. And we're going to read one verse. Proverbs 23 and 7. Proverbs 23 and 7. And it reads, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, says he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. So as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So those words that come out of your mouth, I know what you're thinking. The things that you're doing, I know what you're thinking. The stuff that you're typing, I know what you're thinking. Come on, people. Let's help build each other up instead of tear each other down. Let's go to Matthew, the fourth chapter. I want to show you something real quick. If the devil can convince you to follow his way, he has your mind. Like Job, he will come to you through the closest people to you. In the case of Job, it was his wife. It is no doubt that the devil is coming to tempt you. It's just a matter of when and where. If he tempted Jesus, ain't no limits, brothers and sisters. What makes you think that the devil ain't going to tempt you if he tempted Jesus? Matthew, the fourth chapter. Matthew, the fourth chapter. Let's read about it. Then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Who led Jesus up there to be tempted? It was his father that led him up there to be tempted because Satan can't lead Jesus nowhere. I'm going to say that again, and let's read it, and let's read it carefully. It says, then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Who did this to him? His father led him up there to be tempted. But let's see how Jesus handled the test that his father put him on. It says, and when he had fasted for 40 days and for 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, is it not written? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You see how Jesus is handling Satan? He ain't cursing him out. He ain't huffing and puffing. He ain't getting all mad because, see, that don't mean nothing anyway. Don't nobody care about you doing all that. That ain't going to change nothing. You getting your blood pressure all raised up and you sweating coming all out your head. That don't mean, don't nobody care about you talking loud. Not in today's world. Handle it like Jesus handled it. He handled it with the word of God. But, although he said that to Satan, guess what? Satan didn't stop. He coming back for more. Watch what Satan said in verse 5, Matthew 4 and 5. Then the devil took him up into a holy city and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, If you be the son of God, cast yourself down, for it is written, 
how sh- he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. So who's Satan's God that Jesus is telling him that you ain't supposed to be tempted? Jesus is Satan's God. I'm going to read that again. Jesus said unto him, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. So why are you doing this when you know you ain't supposed to be doing this, Satan? The only way he could do it is on permission. Let's go ahead and read it again. Here's the third time. Remember, Satan is trying again and again and again. He's doing this with Jesus. So what do you think he's going to do with you? I'm going to read at verse 8. Again, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, verse 8. Again, the devil take of him up to an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and said unto him, all these things will I give to you. All these things will I give to you if you will fall down and worship me. Then said Jesus unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan. Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord your God, and in him alone shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. It's not easy fighting against the devil. It's exhausting fighting against the devil. It is exhausting resisting the devil, brothers and sisters. That's why this world makes it so easy for you to fight against God. In this world, it's easier for you to fight against God than to resist the devil. But you see my point, how Satan again and again and again came to tempt Jesus over and over again? This is the same way he did Job. He came to present himself before God, before God, the sons of God, remember? Several times. He made several attempts against Job. He made several attempts against Jesus. Remember, the devil never sleeps. He don't take no breaks. He has no days off. But if you resist him, he will flee. Let's go to Matthew, the 16th chapter. Matthew, the 16th chapter, verses 21 through 23. Matthew, the 16th chapter, verses 21 through 23. Let's see how he had, let's see how he tried to get Jesus again. Check this out. Now he's trying to get him through Paul, his chief apostle. It says, now Jesus just had finished Pumping up Paul. Paul, you the man. I'm sorry, not Paul, but Peter. He just got finished pumping up Peter. Peter, you the man. You my man. I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. You're going to be the chief apostle. I'm putting you in charge. He just got through pumping up Peter. But check check this out. Just after he got through pumping up Peter, guess who Satan came through? He came through Peter. Peter got too excited. 
From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him up and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. I ain't going to let nobody touch you, Jesus. You think I'm going to let somebody come and lay hands on you, Jesus? That's what Peter telling Jesus. I ain't going to let it happen. And watch what Jesus said to Peter. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. You are an offense unto me. For you serve not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Satan going to come through the person that's closest to you and try to get you and try and try to tempt you, brothers and sisters. See, Jesus came into this world to die, to be a sin offering. So if Peter ain't going to let that happen, then guess what? Jesus could never die for our sins. So Peter was trying to stop the plan of God, but he had no clue that Satan was using him to stop the plan of God or to try to stop the plan of God. Jesus knew what he had to do. He knew what his assignment was, and it had to be completed. He would be a sin offering for the sins of the world. Let's go ahead and continue, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the book of Proverbs, the 25th chapter. Proverbs, the 25th chapter, and we are almost done brothers and sisters. I hope that you've enjoyed this lesson so far, and I'm going to give you the number to call in like we did last week after the show is over so that we can hear what you thought about today's lesson. Proverbs, the 25th chapter. Okay. How hard is it not to defend yourself against your character, brothers and sisters? It's very hard, and um, I want to make sure, Sister Key, that I'm not repeating a scripture that I've already done because that looks familiar, but okay, cool. Yep. All right, good. Today, brothers and sisters, people are being killed over Facebook. They're being killed over words. People are losing their careers over social media, over words. Remember the white lady you called the police against the black man? She had the dog. A black man is attacking me. He video recording the whole thing. She done lost her job. She done lost her career. She done lost her credibility. She done gave in to some type of old teaching that she grew up listening to somebody teach her and tell her. She said some things out of her mouth that were not true. Her career is over. Her life got to be rebuilt, and it's going to take a long time to do that. So people are committing suicide, brothers and sisters, over words. Jesus gives us the answer on how not to fight against his father, God, and how to resist the devil and maintain your righteousness in the eyes of God. Proverbs, the 25th chapter, verses 21 and 22. If thine enemy be hungry, give him bread to eat. 
And if he be thirsty, give him water to drink. Who going to feed the enemy? That's, that's some spiritual stuff right there. For you shall heap coals of fire upon his head, and the Lord shall reward you. See, brothers and sisters, we got to worry about the reward for the Lord. We so busy worried about what man going to say about us. Good job, Brother Ice. Good job. I got to be worried, more worried about what God is thinking about me than I do about what man is thinking about me. We got three, uh, we got four more places to go. Romans, the 12th chapter. Romans, the 12th chapter. There is nothing new under the sun. The same thing that is written in the scriptures or the Old Testament is testified in what is called the New Testament, showing us that God doesn't change. Romans, the 12th chapter, verses 17 through 21. Romans, the 17th chapter, Romans, the 12th chapter, verses 17 through 21. And it reads, and if some of the branches, well, hold on, wait a minute. Let me make sure I got that right. Okay. And if some of the branches be broken off, and you, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them partakers of the root and fatness of the olive tree. And what this is talking about is that we, you and I, sons and daughters of the transatlantic slave trade, and those who are descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we are called the natural branches. Okay? But God grafted in others into us so that they also can become a part of the body of Christ. It says, but boast not against the branches, but if you boast, there beareth not the fruit, but the root tree. Then will say that, thou will say then, the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief, we were broken off, brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. And the other folks that came in, the reason why they were able to come in is because they stood by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spare not the natural branches, take heed, lest he also spare not you. So no matter where we are in our position in life today, brothers and sisters, and no matter how, other, how many other people, Gentiles and other nations, God has brought into this thing, brothers and sisters, God had, has not forgotten about you or I. I know that it may feel like that going through the things that we go through every day. It may feel like God has forgotten about us, but God has not forgotten about us. You know why? God made one promise. This is why he would never forget about us. He made one promise to our father Abraham that through his seed, brothers and sisters, will come salvation. That came through Jesus, the Christ, brothers and sisters, and eventually it will come through us. So no, God hasn't forgotten about us. Let's keep this thing going. Let's go to the book of um, Romans, the... I'm sorry, to the book of James. Let's go to the book of James, the first chapter. Now, it is not easy to do good in a world that's filled with evil. Every time we try to do something good, our own flesh tries to change our mind. But 
Try your best not to fight against God and resist the devil. The book of James, the first chapter. The book of James, the first chapter. And I believe we're going going to go to 25. The book of James, the first chapter, 12 through 15. Book of James, the first chapter, 12 through 15. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. Resist the devil. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to him that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempt any man with evil. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when the lust have conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. Do not error, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So, brothers and sisters, don't say that God is tempting you. No. Sometimes God will move his protection off of you like he did Job so that Satan can tempt you so that you can glorify him in your struggle. Can you say thank you to God in the midst of your struggle? Sometimes things come so get so bad in our life that we can't see a way out. You ever been in a storm, a snowstorm, or a storm that's so bad that snow is blowing and you driving your car, you can't even see where you're going? Sometimes God would take away your sight because he wants us to walk by faith and not by sight. Let's go ahead and close this thing out, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the book of Matthew, the sixth chapter. We all fall short of the glory of God. So forgiveness is the key. When that inner voice tries to prevent retaliation or from justifying your wrong that you're about to do because of what has been done to you, always remember this scripture that I'm about to read right here. Matthew, the sixth chapter, verses 14 and 15. Matthew, the sixth chapter, verses 14 and 15. And it reads, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So, brothers and sisters, it ain't about the person that you've forgiven. Mm-mm. It ain't about them. It's about you being in alignment with the Father. The Father's going to judge you based on what you do. It don't matter the reason why you're doing it. But he's going to judge you based on what you do. Resist the devil or fight against God. The choice is totally up to you. Thank you for your time.
Brothers and sisters on YouTube, we thank you for watching another lesson of the Bible Show Truth Hour. Please leave your comments in the comment section after you watch the YouTube video. If you are on Facebook, then what we ask you to do is to subscribe to our, or like our Facebook channel. Our Facebook channel is The Truth Hour Bible Show. Again, The Truth Hour Bible Show. So please go on you, uh, Facebook and like our YouTube channel. If you are on Facebook, then go to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to it. It's called Truth Hour TV. Again, the YouTube is called Truth Hour TV. Right? Now, if you would like to be added to our text message invite reminder list, then text your name and the keywords Truth Hour to 312-719-7310. Again, text your name and the keywords Truth Hour to that number right there, 312-719-7310. With that being said, we're going to sign off. Peace and blessings, YouTube, until next Tuesday. For those who are watching on Facebook Live, at the end of our show, we allow you the opportunity to call in. And tell us what you thought about today's lesson, maybe how the lesson today blessed you. And we give all praise and honor to God in Jesus' name, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, for however this lesson touched you. But I'm going to put the number up right now on the comment section. So if you would like to call in, then the number is up right now. We're going to stand up, face the east, and pray out. And then after we do that, I'm going to take a few callers. So call in. Let us know what you thought about tonight's lesson. Let us stand up and face these and thank God for another wonderful lesson. And please continue to share and start a watch party. Somebody in your network needs to hear tonight's lesson. Father God, we humbly come before you this evening, Father God, and we say thank you, Father God. Thank you for another powerful lesson on the Bible show, Truth Hour. I pray that all those who are watching and listening were edified and that you were glorified. Father God, give us the spirit of forgiveness, Father God. Give us the spirit, Father God, to contain and resist the devil so that he may flee from us, Father God. We know that this is Satan's world, and it is easy, Father God, to do the things of this world, Father God, but we need your help, Father God. We are asking you to come into our lives right now and help us, Father God. Strengthen us and strengthen our spirit, Father God. We want to do right, Father God, and we want to do the right thing, Father God, but at the same time, our flesh is weak, Father God. We ask that you strengthen our spirit so that our spirit may control our flesh, Father God. We ask that you put your word in our heart, in our minds, and in our mouths, Father God, so that we may edify our brothers and our sisters. We ask that you remove that spirit of judgment from us, Father God, because we're not trying to tear anyone down, but we're trying to build everyone up, Father God. We ask that you continue to bless 
our, our, our lessons on the Bible Show Truth Hour so that your word can reach the masses, Father God. And again, continue to bless your sheep, Father God, for they know not what they do. We thank you. We pray this prayer in your son Jesus Yeshua name. Amen. All right, brothers and sisters, we thank you again. I, I needed to hear it too, um, brothers and sisters. Believe me, this lesson right here, I feel like I've been working out at the gym <laughs> right now. But anyway, um, let's, let's see if I have any callers on the line. And um, I can take a few to see. Uh, to see if anybody would like to say anything. Let's see. Let's see. Your brother is tired, brothers and sisters. <laughs> I'm going to tell your brother, if you have anything that you would like to say, now is the time to call in. But if not, that's good too, brothers and sisters, because I am tired. Uh, so you can leave it also in the comment section. But again, we thank you so much on behalf of um, myself and our beautiful team, Truth Hour. I just want to say thank you, brothers and sisters. Let me give a shout-out to our team, brothers and sisters, Team Truth Hour, who's in the building, helping, sharing, and helping getting this word out. And if you would like to become a member of our online ministry, it doesn't affect where you go to church in person or where you live, brothers and sisters. All it does mean is that you will help us get this lesson out on Tuesday nights, and we need your help. But I want to um, thank our team members, Brother Adrian Mason, um, Sister Amber Lamont, Brother Baker's Man White. Uh, Brother Brandon Stabler, Sister Cheryl Lane, Brother Chris and Bethia, Sister Krista Wells, uh, Sister Hadassah, Sister Janet Cruz, Brother Jordan Anderson, Brother Messenger, Sister Crystal Osborne, Ebron, Sister Linda Israel, Brother Lionel Noel, Sister Michaela Israel, Brother Mike Pippins, Sister Savannah, Sister Sydney, Sister um, Tavia, and of course, um, our team leader, Sister Key Israel, brothers and sisters, any of those names and anybody that typed in the comment section, Team Truth Hour, you know that they are part of our team. So if you would like to be a member of our team, and we need you, we need you to help us do this work, reach out to them or me, and uh, we would love to have you. With that being said, brothers and sisters, God bless you. Peace and blessings in Jesus' name. Until next Tuesday. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.